Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Ecruel Dubai. Welcome back. You're watching Luck on Sunday. Bruce Millington, my guest today. We're going to check in now with uh, Paul Nichols, who joins me live from Ditchit. Morning, Paul. Good morning, Nick. How are you? I'm very well. And I'd imagine, I know the, the last couple of weeks have been impossible with the weather, but I'd imagine you sit here with 122 winners from 462 runners and over a million and a half prize money this year and think, yeah, this has gone quite well so far. Yeah, obviously, since we started in October, we've had a good run, um, winning lots of races, horses have been you know, fit and healthy, nice little break in January and we're ready to go and get stuck in again. And it, it seems to me that you, you're normally speaking, you would take a bit of a break in January and the horses would be, would be a bit quieter, but you had more winners in January than you've just about ever had before this time round. If you've got a big enough squad, can you rotate them a little bit, if you like? Yeah, you you can, and um, it's just there was a certain number of horses that we kept fit, and because of some good races in January, and they they kept on performing. Still, I suspect most of them, eighty percent of them, had a little break, but they never actually stand still. They just have a flu jab, a couple of weeks a bit quieter, change their routine, um, and then get them back ready to go from from now onwards, really. Now, you'll have seen all the action from the Dublin Racing Festival last yeah. weekend, and there were some sort of formidable performances, many of which came from, from Willie Mullins' horses. Did you watch those thinking, oh, we need to start now? Or did you think, yeah, I've got horses that can, can take them on? Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of them are going to be hard to beat. Um, you've just got to study it, evaluate it, and, and, and sort of work out uh, what you can do. Um, obviously, um, you know, we've got some nice horses to run um you've got to do your own thing really um i think a lot if there were some horses that absolutely had no chance at all i wouldn't be going we'd wait for entry um but i think some of the fancied ones we've got uh, you know would have a great chance still it's all competitive it's not just willies all the other horses to you know that are going to be there for all you know the uk and irish trainers it's going to be very competitive whatever really i mean you've said about quite a few horses over the last couple of weeks that you might you might wait for Aintree. Which ones do you think you'll be keeping for, for later in the season? Uh, well, definitely Clan um surname. I suspect will run on Saturday, Ascot, and then go to Aintree. Um, and it, 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 you know, it's just, you know, Brave Man's Game, Barbados Bucks, Frodon, those horses will definitely run in Cheltenham and plenty to run in handicaps. The next destination will go to Cheltenham. So, we, you know, we've got plenty to run, but there are horses that you, you know full well when, when it Cheltenham aren't suitable. And if you just have a bit of patience, you can win something before Cheltenham and then go on to Aintree. And when you, I mean, obviously it's difficult at the moment with the Brexit issues, the COVID issues. We've just been talking to Brian Kavanagh. Travelling horses between countries is not straightforward. But could you envisage a scenario if things get back to some sort of normality where you would actually go over if the prize money was really good and, and have a few more runners in Ireland again and try and lay down those markers earlier in the season so you know where you are with them? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I think the trouble with the Dublin Festival it is it's, it's close enough to Cheltenham to run your Cheltenham horses. For us, we have to go over there. You know, you're ultimately going to have a very hard race and then you've got to travel back. And I think we've done that a couple of times in the past. Not when it was a Dublin festival, when it was just the ordinary meeting, and we found out in Cheltenham that they weren't quite at their best. I think that's the timing of that isn't so easy for us. Punches town at the end of the season is always a different matter. I love having runners there when they're capable of competing, um, and it would be nice to have runners at Punches town again. I mean, we did try and take surname to Dan Rawl in, in in November, obviously, and it would have liked to have done so, but it was just impossible. All the red tape we had to go through and. Uh, the fact the staff had to isolate in Ireland for a fortnight before the horse had run, it was just impossible to do. So it was easier to, you know, times like this to have horses running in this country. 
Have you have you still got thoughts of, of running a few at Punchestown this time if you can, or have you almost put it to the back of your mind? I don't know if it was possible. I'd love to take Clanders a bow out there. You know, he's not going to go to Cheltenham. I, I, I think the track there would suit him. He's a fact he's right-handed. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Frodham run very well there too. It's a track that would suit him. Um, so, yeah, it's a possibility at the back end of the season. But first of all, you need horses that are good enough to compete. You don't want to be going there just for the sake of going. Um, and obviously, with all the restrictions, making it possible to, to get there and making it feasible. Let, let's talk about one or two of these horses that you're pinning a lot of hope on for, for the festival. Maybe we'll start with, with Brave Man's Game, who looks a really exciting novice hurdler. You've seen what you've got likely up against you from, from last weekend. It looks a pretty formidable race. What sort of form's he in? Yeah, he's in good form. He, he's nice and fresh. Um, obviously, he had four runs up until including Christmas and when he won the cello. And then we've decided just to keep him fresh. You know, Denman had had four runs before he ran in the race. I don't think he needed to run again. Uh, he worked well yesterday. He's very fit. Probably having a away day somewhere with him, and I couldn't be happy with him. I'd say physically, just keeps on improving. And the comparisons with with Denman keep coming. I mean, you just yeah. you just mentioned Denman there. Is it just because they've taken the same kind of career trajectory, or, or do you yeah. actually see some sort of physical and or ability uh, comparison with them? Well, basically, he's gone down the same route. Denman won the Challo. This lad's won the Challo. We've sort of gone down the same route. Physically, he's the same type of horse, a big, scopey horse is going to make a chaser. Now, if ever he was as good as Denman, we'd be delighted. But so far, he's gone down the route and, you know, in comparison with his programme, really. And, um, you know, he's probably going to follow that same sort of route in his chasing career. So, um, you know, I've never said he's as good as Denman. Never. We'd all dream that he might be. But he's gone down that route and, you know, he's won a Challo. Denman won a Challo. He's that type of horse. And he's 4-1 to one for the Ballymore Novice Hurdle at the moment. Brave man's game. And that was him winning the Challo Hurdle. You talked about your, your Gold Cup challenge. It looks as though it'll be, it'll be headed by, by Frodon, amazingly. Who'd have thought it, you know, at this time last year, that he'd be, your, he'd be your potential number one for the Gold Cup? I know. He's an amazing horse, isn't he? Um, you know, to think he, he's gone and won a King George now on top of a Ryanair and, um, you know, Cotswold chased. And he was great weight carrying performance early in the season when he carried 11 stone 12 to win that handicap at Cheltenham. You know, this was a good day. He beat some good horses with a little bit up his sleeve. So he's definitely in the mix, you know. No, no one will ever believe Frodo to win a Gold Cup, but he's a sort of horse. If he, he did win, he wouldn't be surprised. That's what, you know, that's just what he keeps on surprising people. And uh, Paul, it was interesting to read in your stable tour in Racing Post yesterday that with Frodon, you wouldn't necessarily want him uh, sent out in front and getting into a battle with Native River. You, you think he'd be happy just sitting off a really ferocious pace in the Gold Cup? Well, you know, you don't have to be one-dimensional all the time with him. You just you can afford to. If someone's giving you a lead, you can just don't have to get involved with that scrap. You can just ride him just a little bit, you know, in in behind whatever, you know, see what happens on the days. You can't go out there with a set plan. I mean, we, we knew we'd be in trouble in right here and, it, it, you know, it worked out nicely. And to be in a lot of ways, if they go a nice gallop, you can just get a little bit of lead and use his jump in the, keep in the race, he'll it, run well. Um, he does like Cheltenham. He jumps slightly left. He's, you know, he's got a great record on the track. Um, and if it's slightly better ground, that would be a big plus to us as well. Now, we have got a few uh, connection issues there with Paul, but we can still hear you OK, Paul, so we'll, we'll, keep, uh, we'll keep cracking on. I wanted to ask you about McFabulous, because he was very impressive at Kempton in the, in the rescheduled Rel Keel hurdle. I, I'd love to see him at Cheltenham, but from the way you were talking, you weren't necessarily sure. What's the plan with him at the moment? 
Well, the plan at the moment, if the ground's not too bad, is to go to, um, to Fontwell for the National Spirit, and I think that's two weeks today, um, and then go to Aintree. Um, if the ground was very, very bad at Fontwell, then we may, may, we may have a sort of reshuffle and think about the stairs hurdle. Um, but, you know, it's, um, I think Aintree would suit him well. He does seem to be suited by a flat track at the moment, and, you know, having been beaten by the good horses once at Newbury, I can't see how he can possibly beat them again at Cheltenham, whereas Aintree, I, I, you know, the others are all going to have a good fight at Cheltenham, keep him fresh for Aintree. It's a good race at Aintree, good prize money. He'd go very well there. You've got Master Tommy Tucker won on the same day. He's a, an enigma, but a very talented one. Do you think you've got him where you want him now? Master Tommy Tucker? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Master Tommy Tucker, he's in good form. He worked great yesterday. He is due to run on Saturday with surname at Ascot. Um, you know, very happy with him. He seems to keep on proving. And, you know, um, apart from the, the odd mistake, he's now got his jumping and much, much more assured. When you, school, when you school him at home, is he, is he good or is he indifferent? No, he's very good. I mean, he always has been. That's a frustrating thing. As you can see, you know, he, he has got a very good jump in him. He just does make the odd mistake like that. But there's plenty of good horses in the past that have done that. Coulter horse used to seem to do that. That's that Fence at Kempton. Um, but he's definitely much more sure than his jumping now. I mean, Haydock, when he won there, he, he was very good. He's been around Chartham as well now. So he's getting more and more experience. So, yeah, I'm happy with that. Really, you know, he just got to hold his hand a little bit when he's jumping. But if you run him and surname in the Ascot chase and they both want to get on with things, are they not going to cut each other's throat? Uh, no, I mean, it, it, you know, to be honest, this horse could get a lead. He's just bowled along in front. He, he'd be fine getting a lead. If surname, you know, goes a real gallop, you can just ride them accordingly. Um, you know, they're both free-going type of horses, but uh, Tommy doesn't need to lead. He can, he, he'd be, it's probably suiting quite well to get a lead off a of surname. And surname, surname actually nowadays doesn't need to lead, you know, in the, in the Charlie Hall. He was nice and handy. Um, he doesn't have to go blitzing off in front. He can, you know, they're, they're a lot more assured now. So, um, yeah, they'd probably help each other. Uh, Politolog was the kind of clubhouse leader, really, for the champion chase after his win in the, in the Tingle Creek. It's amazing how quickly we, we forget that. Uh, if he runs to that level again, how, how much of a fright do you think he could give Chacan Poursois? Well, Chacan Poursois looks, uh, looks like, you know, nearly unbeatable on his run at Leopardstown the other day. He, 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 he was good. You know, he's, he has got the act at Cheltenham. That's a slightly different track. That's the only question mark I can see. I think I just think Politolog's level of form. He, he always gives his all. He, he's the most genuine, tough horse. I think this year will be his sixth festival, which is amazing, really. Um, but I, you know, I think if Chakin you know, does turn up in really, really top form, and he's going to be hard for us all to beat. But you never know at Cheltenham. Politolog does like Cheltenham. That's a big plus. But I think he's got plenty to do. Paul, I think Polit Am I right in thinking Politolog's first run at the festival is in a Coral Cup, wasn't it? Um, He's just been an incredible horse, hasn't he? And he's such a good yardstick. How easy has he been to train, Paul, down the years? I mean, he just seems like an absolute warrior. Yeah, basically, he's been fairly simple to train. Um, he loves his work, takes plenty of it. He's sound, he's enthusiastic. The only issue we had was last year, he bled in the Tingle Creek, and he started bleeding at home, so we've changed his routine. Um, seems to have got over that now, and... Um, Basically, yeah, he's dead simple train, just a matter of getting him cherry ripe and really fit on the day. Now, Paul, I've had a, a message from, from Andy Stewart, who's watching on in, in Barbados. He knew you were coming on today. He, he's got Barbados Bucks, who might take him back to the Cheltenham Festival winner's enclosure in the, in the Albert Barlett horse. He was tipped up by some smart pundits earlier in the week. Are they right? 
But he's, he, he, he wouldn't have thought he was Norwich Chantler winner at the start of the season, but he's just kept progressing. He's won his last three. Very impressive at Kempton with a £10 penalty. And he, one that he does from the back of the last is really strong, which will suit him at Chatham. And who knows, an improving young horse is in the mix. You know, it's it's always takes a tough horse like him to win the Albert Bartlett. And yeah, very much looking forward to him going there and again going chasing in the future. But he, he does look as if he's got copper bottom stamina and he's a bit tougher than your average novice hurdler. Yeah, you know, he stays very well. It jumps tidy, so he's in good shape. We've kept him nice and fresh as well which is a plus, I think. So, yeah, looking forward to running him. And, and Andy says, please, can you ask Paul about the new horse that I've got uh, in co-ownership with Dame Judy Dench? <laughs> no, just uh, all sit round. He was second in a bumper today. Uh, Outlaw Peter, um, he was second in quite a nice bumper. We just bought him recently. Um, I, I'd be surprised if we saw him run this season. Those horses that come from Ireland right now haven't had a run. I think take a while to acclimatise. He'll be a lovely novice holder for next season. Um, I know Andy liked to run him in a bumper in the spring, but we'll, we'll see about that. I'd say we'll just give him plenty of time, get him used to our routine and set up, get him school and go hurdling in the autumn. Um, Paul, just just tell me how how the, the season as a whole has been for, for you personally, just in, in terms of dealing with the, the, the COVID situation, how, you, how you're keeping, keeping spirits up, keeping morale up around the yard? Well, it's been tough for everybody. Um, you know, everybody works in the yard. has got to be very careful. Got to try and keep everybody safe. Just touch wood up to now we have. The staff put an amazing amount of work and effort to not only deal with, with COVID, but also this weather the last month. It's been incredible. But obviously, when you're having lots of winners, it makes things a lot easier. It's just been a shame we haven't been able to celebrate the big days that we always used to in the local. Um, we'll save that for another day in the future. But um, it's been a lot of hard work. It, it, it's, it's very strange going racing with no one there, not being able to share the, the experience with your owners. Um, but the main thing is we've kept racing, kept racing competitive. It's you know been a fantastic spectacle on television, and um, a lot of people are enjoying watching it. So we've just got to keep it going out there like that and make make the most of it, really, until we all get back to normality. And obviously, when there's not much racing on, we all. <laughs> Naval gaze quite a bit, and, and we all talk about how we can improve the sport. We've got more time to do it, and there's a there's a really interesting study that Lee's done in today's Racing Post about how we might improve that that period of time between Christmas and Cheltenham in terms of making the racing a bit more competitive. Is it something that you've given a lot of thought to? How how do you look at the season at the moment and think it might be improved? Um, you know, you can always look at improvement. I haven't read the article yet, apart from the headline, which I thought was not quite right. I don't, I don't think the jump season's broken. It's, it's, you know, you can always tweak things and change things. I think the most important thing would be try and address the prize money levels and get some of these. Uh, I see they're all wanting more handicaps, looking at it quickly. But, I mean, perhaps if some of the prize money, some of the handicaps was increased, you might get uh, more competitive races and some of the better horses running in handicaps. Um, but, you know, the programme works nicely enough as it is. It doesn't just lead to Cheltenham, it leads to entry and some fantastic races in the spring, you know, I've always been one that, to me, Cheltenham's not everything. No, no, same with a lot of the owners, to be honest with you. You know, you just want to try and win what races you can. If you're lucky enough to have horses to go to Cheltenham, that's great. But if they're not good enough, look elsewhere. There's some fantastic races in this country, away from Cheltenham, Aintree, and all through the other meetings in the spring and right up through to Christmas. And, you know, it, it, everybody always wants change and you know, everything to be improved. I can get that. But, you know, just just... A little bit of common sense sometimes uh, would, would be more to play, really. 
are you sort of saying, well, actually, the onus is really on you. It's on the on the trainers to find the opportunities and to run their horses where those opportunities exist. I mean, you you you've never been frightened of running them. Oh, exactly. I mean, you know, that's what it's there for. And my job is to get the best out of all the horses running them in the races where they can win. Um, hopefully, we've done a good job of that. As you said, we've had 122 winners this season. A lot of prize money, considering, and you know, it's worked okay. It's just a matter of trying to, to. And the main thing is to run the horses in the right races. That's the thing, and 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 keep keep you know, do the right thing by your owners. Um, it's not all about Cheltenham. It's all about winning races. And um, you know, as I said earlier, I think the biggest issue in my mind is prize money. If we can get the prize money levels up again, um, things will be a, a lot better. Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti at Cruel Dubai.